Hey there, it's Jocelyn here. Look, season two is right around the corner with 10 new root word concepts. But before we get there, I wanna drop some bonus episodes for you. Between the seasons, we did the rewind where we invited some guests to come on live, Instagram, talk about all of the season one concepts of legacy, generosity, responsibility, courage, and confidence. So prepare yourself for this. Go get your notepad. You're going to need it. But if I didn't have the courage to say, okay, you know what? I need to invest in myself. I need to really like strengthen. I want to strengthen the skill. I want to be a better writing teacher. I think this is a good opportunity. And even going like when I went there and I didn't feel 100% comfortable because everybody was working in the suburbs and I was working in Baltimore City. And I'm like, what y'all, what y'all going through and what I'm going, it's it's different, right? But Uh then... I didn't allow that to be like the barrier. It was really just like, all right, push through, push through, you know, show up for yourself, do this. And, and that takes courage. Like that takes courage, even in those moments. Now in this episode, the visionary, the trailblazer, Deidre Fogarty, founder of Black Girls Teach, told us all about what it means to be a courageous educator. You don't want to miss this. Let's go. You are a visionary and you are revolutionary. There are so many educators, especially black women educators, that use you as the model to tap into their own courageous power to advocate for what they deserve. When I actually looked up the the definition of the word visionary, it means thinking about or planning the future with imagination or wisdom check (laughs) relating to or able to see visions in a dream or trance or as a supernatural a person with original ideas hello about (laughs) what the future will or could be like Mm -hmm. it means things like inspired imaginative creative inventive insightful and ingenious and i just want to say thank you for all that you do in this space And, you know, as I've said to other people on the live series, you also personally have acted as this sort of prism that I could see all of the possibilities of what impact can look like in this space Mm -hmm. through what you have done. And I know you've been grinding it out for so many years (laughs) in this space, and that has not gone unnoticed. And I know everybody appreciates you. Yes, throw up them flowers. Aw, thank you. Thank you. I was in the chat for sis, because it's all deserve so guys okay just to ask people like okay what do you do right and then i realized that it's a much more valuable question not only for me but for them if i ask how do you serve and the combined question is what do you want to be remembered for right like they should connect in some way (laughs) right right oh that's a hard question (laughs) what do I, i i really I want to be remembered for being able to just carve out this space where black women educators are centered, where we are given our flowers, where we are listened to, where we are um, inspired to be courageous and be bold and not villainize for it. Um, I also want to be remembered for just giving uh, all educators, you know, from different backgrounds, different experiences, just um the to find it within themselves uh to really be the change right we often talk about like be the change and this and that and it's like okay i'm the type of person where 
you know, some, sometimes things sound good, like, oh, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> but what does that really mean? Right, right. I want I want to be remembered for helping to give folks the tools to really unpack things and take really to take strategic action steps um, from educators to the students that I like my former students, like a lot of the things that I do um, in terms of like coaching and working with educators. Um, a lot of there are a lot of lessons that I would give my students as well and really be coaching them on like, like how you were talking about being courageous. Um, this is hard work for me. And so I've, I've always been one of those people where it's just like, I just can't, I have to do something. I can't just sit back and and watch this and I want people to you know be inspired by the, the courage that um, you know it has I've had to take on in terms of just being courageous whether it's as an educator or now as an entrepreneur and you know use that courage to motivate motivate them yeah. to really be the change that education needs and so um, I'm not perfect but I hope I hope to just you know do work and to do this work and inspire others to really believe that they they can do it too in whatever way that looks like for them right it doesn't have to look like how it looks for me or you or anybody but you know do do what you've been called to do um so yeah that's what i want to remember for yeah i saw him in the chat like yes that's exactly what i think about when i think of you Aww. so clearly it translates and even like in you know with black girls teach and then like the work you're doing with teach me d with like social media it's like that does connect right mm -hmm. still is the bottom line of absolutely able to walk in that power regardless of whatever space that is that they want to occupy like show up absolutely <laughs> absolutely what i think of you show up <laughs> you have to people are waiting on you yes and even when we don't feel like it right and that is right. a part of the courageous bit it's like we're not always going to feel our best we're not always going to feel prepared. So courage is defined as the ability to do something that frightens one. And I know, like, I've been tapping into your lives forever. And <laughs> a lot of a lot of the conversations that you bring up, it centers the pushing past. So, like, the pushing past that, that fear. And I think what's great about, like, Black Girls Teach is that it goes beyond that. So helping people get to the fear, recognize the fear but helping them get through it to where they can actually shine and be their full authentic selves in the workplaces that they are, but especially right. what we talk about in schools. Right, right, <laughs> right. Schools. What else, like, bubbles up for you when you think of curse? I know you think about it all the time. I mean, you know, I think about um, oftentimes where when I had to be courageous, like, just as an educator, um, you know, speaking up about things or just advocating for myself or my students, I knew that there would be consequences. Like I was, you know, initially in the beginning, you know, you don't think that there are certain consequences, but after a while I was like, okay, well, I know that this is going to probably make me per be perceived a certain way. It's going to rub somebody the wrong way. I may, I may not, you know, my principal may not like me anymore <laughs> because I'm ruffling feathers. Yep. And I just was just like, but I'm gonna still say it. <laughs> I'm gonna still say something, right? Yeah. I'm still gonna say it because at the end of the day, like to me, like I just, I, it's just the it, the morality of it where it's just like, so if I'm not saying something, who is? Or like, who do we really like? You know, do we care about these kids like y'all say y'all do? Because if we really care about the children, then this would be unacceptable, and somebody would be saying something. So to me, in those moments, I I would feel I felt like. 
you know, this is what my students needed me to do. And I would tell my students, right? I would tell them, I said to them one time, I was like, listen, I go in these meetings and sometimes I'm the only one in there saying this, right? Yeah. And you know, and, it, and this, it, it doesn't feel good. Like I would explain to them how it would make me feel. I would explain to them just the impact it would, I was very candid with my students. Um, I had, they were, fourth graders so I was just like listen because I knew that it would inspire them and I also knew that like I would really try to push them to kind of be like like they were little they were they were kind of like me after a while because it would be like no they'd be like Miss Fogarty no we're gonna say something because that's not okay and I'm like okay come bring it down a little bit let's yeah. let's let's think this through let's practice let's yeah. talk about this conversation right um and so that courageousness and speaking up and for, for advocating for my students um, turned into just like advocating for myself and advocating for other educators. Because, again, like who's going to do it? Who, who's going to do it? Right. And I've seen so many educators kind of get like, you know, disregarded and walked all over. And it's like especially as I, you know, as I grew in my career and I was, um, you know, in my 13, 14 year and I was working with a lot of um, newer teachers yeah they would not say they would not they would not advocate for themselves they would not that something would happen it wouldn't <laughs> feel right and they would just and, and so for me it was part of it was just like modeling for them like no you're gonna I, I, I will say something <laughs> I will yeah. say something even if it doesn't impact me because at that point they, they they knew certain things wasn't gonna fly with me right. so, <laughs> so they wouldn't do certain things to me but I, it didn't matter because I always say like just because it doesn't directly impact me doesn't mean that I can't say something about it or I can't be impacted by it right so like right. there would be there would be points where it would be things that would be directly impacting my teammates um, and not me because they they you know they chose to they chose to um, you know, honor my boundaries, but I will still speak up and say something, even if I knew, like, okay, you're not gonna give me a little promotion. I don't want your, I don't want your promotion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making my own promotion. I always knew that there would be consequences, but I, I, I truly believe that, like, you know, God has given me this gift and God has given me this purpose. So, like, I have to, like, I have to, I have to say, I have to say what needs to be said, right? And so. If that inspires other people, great, right? If it makes me be denied a promotion or makes folks not like me, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Like, I'm okay with that because um, I truly believe in, you know, what it is that I'm oftentimes advocating for. We're doing the work that we truly wish we had our first few years of teaching, right? Absolutely. And so that's what makes us, like, get so fired up about this because we want to touch, especially people new in the profession to really like get to the root of like what you said what you deserve and right I talked about i've been talking about that for the last few weeks it's been a theme that continues to come up no matter what sort of concept that we're talking about because i feel like especially my early years one i was not thinking about what i deserve i was just thinking about getting it in wherever i could fit in here i am i'm just trying to like i'm my little first year teacher i'm just trying to not have the class that's on fire over here in the corner right and I inherited so much from what was around me. I inherited limiting beliefs of my students. I inherited practices that only perpetuated that, right? Going in, oh, this teacher, this veteran teacher is coming into me and asking me about the kids on the roster in the summertime. So I must need to go ask the other teachers about who I, what kid I should look out for when I haven't even met them. Right. I inherited those beliefs and those practices and there was nothing stopping me there was no, no one telling me like hold on pause 
Don't have these limiting beliefs. Students come with their own context. Get build relationships with your students because that's the only way you know what they're actually capable of, right? Like nothing. I had nothing. And so it's so, so meaningful and important to the work that we continue to talk about advocating, right? Yeah, advocating for what you deserve and understanding that advocacy and self-advocacy is a skill. Yeah, and can I say, because, <laughs> I mean, one of the things, too, that I've realized with doing this work, right, It so when I work with educators, um, like uh, newer educators, advocacy, adv advocacy is definitely a skill. I think sometimes the way I look at things is then I start to back up, like, okay, you know, let's say you're an educator and you know something's not not right and you know you need help right so yes we, we want you to advocate for it but i'm like okay we got to back up because let's identify what do you need help with right. that in itself that in it's and that's what i think sometimes too i try to help people like like we have to back up and peel back the layers a little bit because sometimes we don't even know what we need help in like right. i'm just like i just need help i just need training i just need somebody to show me how to do it. how to do what what is it that you need help with right, right. and so that in itself helping educators to really start to think about, well, what do I need, right? So once you know what you need, then the next step is, all right, so now we need to figure out how we can how we can go about asking for what it is that you need and also holding whoever is accountable in their job description to be providing you with these things because there's somebody's right. job description. And that's right. what I'm like. Sometimes we got to look up job descriptions. It's somebody's job description that's saying, hey, they're supposed to be doing dot, 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 right? Is that the thing that you said you needed? All right, cool. So now we need to practice that conversation. So those are, again, those are things that we're often not taught. And so I, like for me, part of part of this work is because all of those things help you to be because I always say clarity leads to confidence right so when you have clarity about okay what I need help with and now that will lead you to be more confident to be able to actually like advocate and communicate whatever it is that you need right but first you have to be clear on what actually it is that that you're that is needed yeah and you know I um I think we've also shared a similar belief in even like the competence so like clarity plus competence. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the work that it that it takes to become competent, right? Yes. Yes. Like our responsibility to be learners of our craft. Absolutely. Of our students, like you know, throwing it back. Don't like, skip that part. Sometimes. Good. Search again. Search again. Research. What are you doing? And like, so we can't like skip over that, right? Like we're clean. Once we are around competent adults and coaches hopefully school leaders right that can actually help us identify the skills that we would like to build to have the experiences that we deserve as educators then it's like okay you gotta do some work right like, right in space and don't put it on don't don't take a back seat to your learning and being like okay now is my school leader's job only to provide me with what I need and then being like at the end like oh well I didn't get the PD I needed because you know they never brought in the people that really spoke to me absolutely my job right but that takes so much courage to like have it be identified for you on what you need be doing the work and really doing the learning on your own accord as an educator and then going and then like we talked about advocating for a yeah because additional Yes, because it's like investing in yourself requires courage. 
you know mm -hmm. so because you you have to believe that uh, courage as well as confidence right because you have to believe that like you know you're worth the investment like you're you yeah. have to believe that okay like i you know i could get better at this but i'm going to need to uh take this class or take go to this conference and put myself out there be the only person i remember and that's that's how i've always been like my first couple of years of teaching there was like a summer writing pro summer writing project it was the maryland writing project like a program um for teachers to become better writing teachers but then also to strengthen our own writing skills and i was just like i don't know like this you know <laughs> I, I i just it sounded good but it was like, mm, you know, I'm looking at the course, I'm looking at the, the things involved. And then so I sign up yeah. and then I join and I'm like, there's like two black people there. <laughs> there's two black folks. Um, and then one of the instructors was black. So I, I mean, I, so it was, a, I, I did not feel 100% comfortable with that, number one. So I was just like, mm, okay, you know, but again, it was one of the, the best experiences um, for me, as I was in my third year of teaching and all the things that I, I learned in terms of being a writing teacher um, and then also being a writer myself, like those are just things I will always hold on to. And then just the community that was there. So again, but if I didn't have the courage to say, okay, you know what? I need to invest in myself. I need to really like strengthen. I want to strengthen the skill. I want to be a better writing teacher. I think yeah. this is a good opportunity. And even going like when I went there and I didn't feel 100% comfortable because everybody was working in the suburbs and I was working in Baltimore City. And I'm like, what y'all, what y'all going through and what I'm going, it's, it's different, right? But uh -huh. then I didn't allow that to be like the barrier. It was really just like, all right, push through, push through, you know, show up for yourself, do this. And, and that takes courage. Like that yeah. takes courage, even in those moments. But, <laughs> but in those spaces, like, are we safe enough to be seen, even as a master educator, not knowing it all? Like, yep. do, are we allowed? Are we allowed to have growth areas and have those areas exposed and not feel like we're going to be taken advantage of? We're not going to be looked down upon. We're not going to be talked about in other spaces. But this is actually a community to grow in safely. Right, right. And that's something I think I have learned the hard way where, you know, we, I think as I think leaders, like one thing that is so important is to be um, creating environments where there is that psychological safety. And, you know, that's one of the things that I have as a service for Black Girls Teeth, right? It's just like that psychological safety for people to be able to like do that because I know, I know for me, it got to the point, like I had so many experiences where it definitely wasn't psychological. It wasn't safe, yeah. right. To, to say certain things. Um, and I, I, but I didn't realize it. And then I would say things and then, you know, things would come I, like, it would come up, it would come back to me and it'll be a big old thing. And so after a while it got to a point where it was just like, well, I know, you know, I know that this, it's not necessarily a safe place. Mm -hmm. I know again, going back to like, I know there's going to be consequences, but, I'm still going to say this, right? I'm still going to tell you, I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with what you're saying. Um, I hear you, but I don't agree with what you're saying, right? Even like, so it's, but it, it's really on those leaders. It's so important. Um, and it's oftentimes not a skill that I think is, um, you know, that they are getting developed in, in terms of just creating safety amongst your staff, because, you know, we want to be doing all this DEI work, right? But again, how you how you doing that when there's when there's no safety, right? How you doing that when when people say something 
And now, like, you're putting them on a list of teachers that you don't want to be, um, you know, here next mm -hmm. year, right? Just because they said whatever it is that they said. So it's like, it's a core element of, of the work that we are, that we need to do. But, but leaders oftentimes are not getting developed in that area. So I will, I'm going to manifest that. I'm going to be working with the leader this year to develop oh, and help them in that specific area. I'm oh, excited yeah. about it. <laughs> that's about to happen. That's about to happen. <laughs> yes. It's in the works, okay? It's in the works. Yes. Um, I want to talk about, I want to talk a little bit about students and like building courage in students. Um, before we transition into talking about students, um, I... I kind of like, you know, I'm a visual, I'm a visual thinker. I'm an abstract visual thinker. So I think about things in this way. And I know in working with the school team last year, um, they were having that issue of like, you know, teachers don't, or they're reporting or it's talk about teachers not feeling like they can come to us, like we're not approachable. And this, it kind of goes with this conversation of safety, mm -hmm. like they don't feel safe. And the visual that I gave them was like, what, is the approach. Are you on the same side of the table or do you always approach them from the opposite side of the table? And it's very clear. We're in there. We're in your office right now. So, but how does it feel? Do they always feel like you're across arms crossed, make it make sense? Or right. are you pulling up beside your teachers and saying, okay, I hear you. Like, how does it feel when you sitting beside someone versus across from them or to two totally different things? Absolutely. You know, and absolutely. So, and then if you think about it, when they do come in, keeping the visual, do you have everything all over your desk to where they don't feel comfortable coming in, sitting with you and tackling a task together because you have all this other stuff and you're asking them to put, you're asking them to put something else on this desk that's just overwhelmed already. They know you're not going to see their little paper over there amongst everything else. Mm -hmm. Are you creating and setting the stage when you meet with teachers that makes them feel like you have cleared this desk off? and you are open and willing and beside them to them for them to sit something on the table and you both have the space and the clarity to actually look at it and tackle it together. Right. And I think too, like, I also think that like leaders reflecting on like, well, what, what is your, what are your next steps when a teacher is not up to par? Right. What are your, when, when you have a teacher that's coming to work late, when you have a teacher that's not turning in their lesson plans, when you have a teacher that is just, you know, going off script, what are your next steps, you know? Yeah. Because if your next steps are immediately to go into your compliance, your compliant, like, okay, yeah. like manage your, like, if that's your next step versus, you know, hey, like, I, like, what's, what's, is everything good? Like, what's yeah. going on? I just want to talk to you. I want to see what's, What's up? You know, what's up? You know, I noticed you haven't been turning in your lesson plans and, um, I, you know, I went into your class and you were doing something different. Like, what's, what's up? What's, what's happening? I think a lot of leaders lean too heavily on, um, you know, the, the compliant, like making sure that you're following these rules, um, versus let me coach you. A lot of leaders don't have the skill set of coaching where it's like, and it's open. And, and the thing is, right, you can still have a balance, right? I can hold you if you're coming late to work, right? I can hold you accountable, but I can also determine what is happening, right? And just give you some quick tips about like, all right, well, if you know that this is happening or you're running to like, you you know, and sometimes we think as adults, adults supposed to know that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, no, sometimes we have some, some of our, especially our early career educators, like a lot of times this is their first real job, right? And they're not, and that's a whole 
thing in itself, like going from being a, a college student to now you are a professional. There is not professional development often to, to, to fill that gap, right? So it's like, I mean, you know, those are skills that have to be taught as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. right. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, you know, as school leaders and then on our end as educators, like, you, you want to be kept. <laughs> on both sides like if your mindset first is to coach that's how you keep absolutely that's how you keep people from period my, and if my mindset is that i will be coach you will keep me you will keep me because i see value in where i am i see i see that i'm not only valued but you value me, my growth and where i'm going right you value where i am right now and you value and you see my potential for where i want to go and that is gold in learning environment so if you're not in an environment that fosters that you got to. not everybody's coming in with all the skill sets that you need to be able to manage a schedule or multiple deadlines and some of us are just not good at those things right mm -hmm. and so part of being a leader is realizing that you know there are going to be some people that maybe they're going to need some coaching on how to just like balance the different deadlines that they have or maybe i need to evaluate especially right now in this in this space we're in education maybe i need to think about all the different things i'm assigning to my staff do they need to have all of those things but a lot of times we're just going we're going to the compliance part where we're just like here are the things that you versus just coming up to me and saying hey is everything all right you know, I haven't been getting a whole bunch of stuff from you. <laughs> like that's when I was yeah. a coach and my teachers, uh, they were, weren't doing something. I'd be like, um, what's good? I haven't gotten some stuff. Where, where's right. it at? What's, what's happening? Uh, and they would always tell me like, you know, Fogarty, this and that. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, let's, let's sit down after school or whenever during our planning time and let's make a plan on how we can, we can get these things done. Cause I want to make sure that I'm, if I need to coach you on that versus instruction, then that's what I'm going to do. Right. Cause you're considering character. You're considering. Right character and the humanity of a person over compliance yeah yeah right? that's and that's how you that's keep teachers right that's that approach is just like it's not about the compliant list over who you are as a person because i saw something in you as a person that made you, me want you to join this community of work, right right so your character means that this ain't you so something's Absolutely. going on and let me help and two things can happen at once. I could be an amazing teacher, but I can also be someone that is going to turn things in late. <laughs> like, that's that's a possibility, okay? I'm a great teacher, though, but sometimes things are going to be a little bit late. But uh, help me work on that, okay? Like, that's that's absolutely. So then, as a leader, you're like, all right, cool. Like, we can work with that. We can work with that. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It was a super revelational moment when I was a teacher and dealing with courage. I talked about this on the podcast. And it was the moment where I realized that I am only a contributor to the building of what the character of my students. I'm a contributor, 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 right? No matter what I'm talking about, in this case, courage, right? I always say we don't, you don't make kids smart. You don't make kids courageous. Like you build it within them. They already yep. have it. We build it up, right? And so I realized I'm, I'm a contributor. I'm not the publisher on what they're going to become. I'm not the editor on what they're going to become. None of that. I am contributing to what they'll become. And I realized that when I had a kid that was super below grade level in reading, I came up with this whole elaborate plan on how I was going to catch him up, right? And in the conference, the parents came in in the conference, and I laid everything out. I was excited, like stayed up all night, like this is what we're going to do here, 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 here. And he's going to get him caught up by quarter three. And this parent told me, the father told me, you don't even got to worry about that, all that, Ms. Reed. He going to the league. Hmm. And I was like, Okay, okay. 
know how you have to you have to put on that face mm -hmm. in that moment. You gonna have to muster up a whole lot of courage to one combat everything that you're feeling to like put on the face. Right. Well, this is what my responsibility as his teacher is to do and perform to my best ability so that your son can read to the best of his ability. That's this is what this is. This is what the plan is. But in that moment, Deidre, I realized that students are faced with so many conflicting perspectives. Right. Right. Their teacher is here pouring into them about all they can be academically, social, emotionally, all these things. They can go home and have the limiting belief put on them that they are good at sports alone. And to, be, and to say that in front of your child to his teacher, you don't have to worry about none of this because you're going to the league. Right? The courage that it would take for a kid to even speak up in their own families. Right. Any other aspirations, desires, talents to be leveraged when you have your family saying or the world saying that you're only good at this. Mm-hmm. And the plight of being an educator to actually understand that your students are going to be shifting and moving through all of these opinions and perspectives like what do you teach students in terms of who they are, whose they are, <laughs> you know, in order to build the level of courage to where when they become old enough to speak to what they want and what they desire, they actually have the tools, skill, and academic prowess to actually be able to maneuver in the spaces that they want to maneuver in. And so that was just really revelational to me. Like, I still, it made my job so, that much more important. Yeah, like, I, I skipped into work extra hard the next day. Like, wow, the conflicting beliefs on our kids is. Yeah, that like that is so true. And I'm glad you said that because like this is something I haven't really thought about. But it's so true. Right. Because oftentimes we are as educators, we're talking to our students about all these different things. Um, and then, you know, they may go home and get a different a different message. And even yeah. something as. <laughs> I know like when with my students, you know, we're telling like this is a small example, but like if I'm saying to my students, like we don't hit people, we don't do that, we don't fight, we don't, you know, I'm like when somebody hits you or somebody does something to you, let me know so I can handle it. Right? Yeah. But then mom's saying, if somebody hits you, you better hit them back. <laughs> right. And then it's like, uh, and then the kid's like, well, my mother said if somebody hit me, I gotta hit them back. Right. But you saying, right? And so like, but again, there and then that's one example, but there are so many different messages that our, our students are getting um, from their families, from us, from their friends. And I think really it's about giving, the, having those conversations where, like, I, again, I was very, like, I would have moments where my students are, I'm like, all right, time out. We're going to stop everything we're doing. Close the door. Let's talk. Yeah. Right. Because, <laughs> because, I mean, you're going to, and I would say to them, you're going to have moments where people are going to be trying to convince you to do all these different things. What are you going to do in those situations? Ms. Bogan, you're not going to be there. Your mother's not going to be there. You're going to have to be the one to make the decision that is best for you, right? And yeah. so give yourself that space to just pause, you know, try to think about what the best thing is to do, but you don't have to just, like, make a decision right away. So, like, anytime, I think for me, a big thing was, like, those teachable moments. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, now sometimes there's curriculums where, where, you know, social skills and things of that nature. What always worked for me was teachable moments versus just teaching a specific social, social skill in isolation. That's it right. was more of, like, all right, hold up. 
let's let's talk about what just happened here right um even something as simple when uh, my students we were they were eating lunch and they were like Ms. Fogarty, i'd rather starve than eat this lunch and i was like what and they were like look at it it's, it's nasty right it's and, like courage to eat those lunch. right right and it was like well you know that's why i always bring my own lunch and the student was like well i can't do that like mm -hmm. i'm supposed to get this lunch here and it's nasty and i'm always hungry and i'm like okay so hold up all right so, and I looked at it and I was like, I agree with you. I think yeah. that it's the only time I like only on hot dog day, I'll get a hot dog, but that's it. <laughs> the yeah. other days I'm like, no, I can't, no, I wouldn't do that. I'm like, all right, so let's think about how we can, how can we solve this problem? Like, who do right. we need to talk to? Who do, what, what do we need to, you know, like, and so we ended up scheduling, he scheduled a, a conversation with the, one of the, the business, someone who is over the lunches and that person, you know, it didn't necessarily change the lunches, but they learn more about the processes of like, who is the vendor and the vendor sends the lunches and things like that. Right. And so we tried to problem solve. Okay. How can we, how can we figure this out? When we look at the calendar, can we see what days we might not like it? Like, what can we do to using those teachable moments to be able to just show students how to advocate for themselves? I would teach my students. They would switch different. My students, I had special education students too. Mm -hmm. So they dealt with a lot of different things in terms of because I would pull them out of class, they would be in my room. And they had to deal with a lot of different things in terms of just like, you know, being identified as a student that has an IEP. So my thing was like, number one, I'm gonna teach you how to ask for help. I'm gonna teach you how to like shut somebody down when they say something to you about having an IEP. I'm going to teach you how to if your teacher tries to put you on because I would have it where the teacher sometimes would they wouldn't know what to do with them when they came back into the room and would put them on the computer and just get on something random while they finish up a lesson. No, you're not. You're going to go to the teacher and say, hi, what is it that you're working on? Because I'm trying to, I want to catch up and do what y'all are doing. Not right. about to just put me on a computer and put me in the back of the room. And right. so I had to teach because I knew for my students in particular, they, they oftentimes are neglected and overlooked. So that means I need to teach you the skills to ensure that folks are always going to see you. Like, cause it's, it's, it's very easy for you yeah. to sit in the back of the room and people to forget about you but you have to you have to show up for yourself you have to and, and i would even teach them like sometimes they, they would have a teacher i remember one time like she you know she went she like got down and got in their face got in that student's face and the student didn't like that and i'm like okay well you're gonna tell that teacher like you need let's practice right because yeah. no one should be getting up in your face like that right. no one should be doing that to you especially not her right so i you know we had a like we had to plan out how that conversation was going to go. What are you going to say to her? How are you going to say it? And then you're going to have this conversation because unless you want her to be coming up in your face again, because you can't just run because the student ran to me in my room um, to, and crying, upset. But I'm like, that's not I'm not I'm not going to solve this problem for you right now. I'm yep. going to give you the skills to to solve it. But I did talk to the teacher because I was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's my baby. You're not about to be <laughs> like, no, no, no. But, you know, like giving those giving skills, those skills to the students and like and actually seeing that just as important as the academic skills. I think that's that's part of, you know, teaching them how to be more courageous. Yeah. Yeah. OK, this is to wrap us up, to wrap us up and to connect a couple dots. OK, this is what I mean by adult adult skills, advocacy, all of our higher order skills that we like talking about is just as powerful for kids. If it works for adults to advocate for their pay, advocate yep. for their experiences, advocate for what they deserve, students can do it too. 
if we approach all of these things as skills to be built. And that's Absolutely. what you do. What you do with Black Girls Teach, what you do with TGD, all of those things are aligned to what you did with kids directly. Yeah. You're using the same, the same tactics, the same thought process that you would use to coach a school leader or coach a teacher or coach the empowerment circle that you did with your students because what works, works. Right. Absolutely. You know, we're not changing anything. The same things I do with teachers now, I did with my kids because we prioritize what we need, that skills. We prioritize joy. We prioritize talking about the real issues and connecting to our bigger purpose. We not just learning math. We not just learning. Yeah. And, you know, I used to like, like connecting the dots is so powerful for kids i get so amped about it <laughs> this is what i'm gonna let you, i'm gonna let you go i'm gonna let you go sis but one of my most powerful moments was when a kid asked me like oh you know why we gotta read and i was like you know why we have to read <laughs> you know why we have to read and you know why i read personally to talk about it like yes on the i was on the metro and i was reading this article yesterday right and then i called my friend and i told her all about it she got so amped up about it. We went to dinner and was talking about it. And then she called her friend and was talking about it. I was like, it is so interesting. But the best part about reading is sharing what you learned. Can, can I say something? Because this is crazy. Because this is what I would always say to that, right? I would say, like, okay, imagine you go to a party, right? And everybody's <laughs> talking about this thing. They're talking about it. They're like, ah, nah, 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 nah. and they're like, what do you think? And then you're like, you don't know what they talk about. How do you think that's going to feel? When you're the only one that doesn't know what they're talking about because they've been they've been reading books, they've been reading articles, they've been watching the news, they know what's going on, but you sitting there, you don't you don't know you don't know what's going on. And like I told them before, like I would say, like I've had I've had experiences like that where I'm the only person where I'm like, huh, what 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 happened? Because <laughs> I didn't know, and I don't like that feeling. Or when somebody's using a word and I got to write the word down and pretend I know what that word means, but I'm like, nah, I don't like that feeling. And right? then they're like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, and to me. I know as a, that's helped me like really, really say like, all right, I need to read more. I need to study words more because when I get in situations and rooms, I want to know what people are talking about. I don't want to feel like I'm the only one that doesn't know what's going on. So that that's how I would explain it to them. So yes. it's like kind of similar to yours. But like, it's not even about reading the same thing. It's being able to read something to contribute to the conversation. Yeah. Like yeah. you're, you're going to share something you read, but you're going to be able to make these connections and be able to participate in these spaces because of being a reader, because yep. of being a learner and loving to learn new things all the time. And it never stops. Absolutely. Reed loves learning new things even now. And I'm a teacher. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. It never, <laughs> it never stops. It's still the jam. You'll yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. I am so, so grateful for you, sis. You add so much expertise and sauce. <laughs> I try, I try. You know, this is what is real. It's being able to do this work with like real, real people. You yes, know? absolutely. It's necessary. Yeah, yeah, necessary. yeah. We'll definitely connect soon. You know, we have okay. a lot to do. And it doesn't make any sense for us not to because we're like up the street. Right? I know. We <laughs> have to go to like happy hour and just do some plotting and planning. <laughs> it's they, look, they won't know what hit them. We get people. That's Listen. Like, All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. I hope you have a great evening. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. 
that's a wrap on this episode of Root Words The Rewind. I hope you were taking notes. Save this episode. The way you can support this podcast is to share a view and share it with a friend. Let somebody know that this made an impact and how you can connect in community. We'll be back for season two. It's right around the corner. Go to revolvelearning.com, sign up to be on our mailing list, get all the resources that are aligned to these episodes for season one. We're dropping even more for season two. You know, I got you. I'll talk to you soon.